So we are up to uh, the Pasek in Kahelas, Gam Eno Lotsisova Osher. That there's something, there's a unique feature of the eye. There's a unique feature of the eye that it does not get satiated from wealth. It means no matter how much wealth the person has, there's the eye is not satiated. Obviously, the person is not satiated, but the person is not satiated because he has in him the attribute of the eye. So, so what is this type of an attribute that the eye has? No, we're not talking no, about towards other people. Thing. We're not talking about towards other people. No. Talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. You're looking at... Nobody's ever like, ah, I, I looked at so much money. I eat a lot. So well, so, there's, no, there's no eye... Right. Not that no one ever says that. We saw many examples where, yeah, well, where great rabbis did say that. But, but you're saying, but you're saying that the... No, the media. Uh, your eyes never like. The eye, right. Oh, so why is that? Right. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. No, because I mean, if that's, if that's the natural baseline, people don't see that they're always going to get lacking. So, um, I don't know. Yes. I don't see the morale tying those together. Okay. Let me take that thought. Put it into the processor, and uh, and, I'll, and I'll get back to you. Okay, but um, but the so yeah, so, so a person has some sort of a aspect of themselves, a feature of themselves that that when described as an eye, it is never satiated. Is not is not enough. So a person literally is talking to a person. He doesn't have like massive, um, you know, almost no financial obligations, and he has more than a million dollars in investments, and the person feels like he is lacking. And I said, "How much would it take?" He said, ten million dollars." If I had ten million dollars, then then I would feel rich. So I said to him, I don't think that's true. No. Because if you have 10 million, you want 100 million. What do you think? Matthias says he won't be satisfied. What we're learning in the Siva Ocean is that if a person is is mistopic with what he has, then he's mistopic with whatever that amount is. And if a person is not mistopic with what he has, he will not be mistopic, no matter how much it is. Well, what was the question for that guy? It was specifically no, no. He he, he was about spending some money on something. He had to. He was potentially facing a, an expense. He was very stressed about it. Um, but this, so the pasuk says. Gameno lo tisava osher, that and it's specifically from the osher. So the, the concept that we've been talking about is specifically wealth. We're talking about this concept that wealth is external, unlike wisdom, 
or even physical strength, which are more internal to the person, and the person is more connected to it, but when it's an external aspect, so now, how much... So it's not just it's not just money, but material things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much can your eye, how much money could a person see with his eye? How big, how much can a person, if you think about it, like you, you think about a person, right? How much can you grasp in your hands? Well, it's extremely limited. You know, if, if, I, if I have to use two, two hands independently, it's like two little cups worth, right? If I could use the two of them together, if I could attach it, it could be potentially like a lot more, maybe like a hundred pounds or something, right? Like a bundle, like a bag, maybe. If I'm allowed to like carry something in my back or something, right? But like it could be maybe bigger, right? Like a little bit bigger, maybe maybe a, a few hundred pounds, right? But with your eye, you can grasp the you know the Sears Tower. You can grasp the entirety of you know the Chicago coastline, right? The entire downtown, right? If you stand on top of a mountain, you can see an entire metropolis. And so the eye has an ability to grasp things that are enormous. I mean, maybe at some point, like, you're going to start, uh, if you, you're trying to see an entire, um, right? You fly out outer space, you can see the entire world. Right? So, Okay. A lot. Millions of miles. Thousands of miles. You want to see that? That's a joke. That's a joke. It's a good joke. Okay. So, what is the eye represents this ability, right, to just this insatiable? Since you're dealing with external, you don't have to deal with the internality of the thing. When you're trying to carry something, so it has a weight, right? You're trying to grasp something, it has a size. When you're looking, when you're when you're seeing something, it, none of those things matter, okay? And 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 that is so this the, that represents a person's insatiable appetite. This uh, this endless endless desire. Now we're going to talk about a remedy for that. We're going to talk about a remedy for the eye. Each one of us has this thing in us, this insatiable appetite. So where do we see the eye play out? It's a fascinating Gemara. If you guys were here, I think maybe last year Hanukkah, not this past, not this past year Hanukkah, right, not this, Alexander the Great. Oh, well you remember the whole Gemara, huh? I remember that. I remember those, those, those words. That general summary, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so this, uh, the Gemara is the Gemara in Tamid, mm-hmm. the Aflamid case. Fascinating Gemara. We can spend easily the, the rest of the hour on that Gemara, mm-hmm. but we're not going to. So, by the way, uh, you should have it. Oh, this is someone else? I forgot mine at all. Well, it's not marked, so it's yours. 
So this is the Gemara right here. Okay. Now that's the whole Gemara. The whole Gemara is fascinating. Gemara. I'll say it as concisely as I can, but the, like it's like almost every detail here is going to be important. Alexander the Great, um, after having conquered the known world, came to the sages and said, uh, "I want to travel to this faraway land called Africa and and conquer it." Um, Sages said, you can't go there, it's on the other side of the mountains of darkness. He said, I didn't ask whether I should go or shouldn't go, I'm going, I'm asking you how to go. So, so he figures out a way to get over the mountains of darkness, it's seemingly an impossible task. And what does he find on the other side of the mountains of darkness? He finds. Uh, an upside down world, the city or state, I guess, that's uh, protected by women, a uh, city of women, and uh, so he prepared to conquer. And then so they send him a message and they say, Listen, no matter what happens, you're gonna lose if you battle with us and you. Lose, then, then you lose, then you lost a bunch of women. And if you attack us and you win, so the people are gonna say, so he, so he beat a bunch of women. <laughs> so Alexander thought about it, and he said, okay, you're right. Um, bring me, bring me bread to eat, and uh, and then and then I'll leave. So they brought him. Golden loaves of bread made out of gold. So then I said, What is this? I asked you for bread to eat, and you brought me gold. So he said to him, Well, we thought that you must be that you must need to eat golden bread. Because if all you want is regular bread, surely you have plenty of that back in your own country. You didn't cross the mouths of darkness to come here to just get some bread. So Alexander wrote on the, inscribed on the gates of that city, I, Alexander the Great, was here and I was taught a lesson by the women of this city. That's the first I was here, so. <laughs> <laughs> but he did, he did very much. Anyway, yeah. Okay, not in that story. Okay. okay. Between three generals, it's a whole Hanukkah story. Not that country. Okay, but Africa somewhere. Right. So then he went back. So then he, so on his way back, he encountered the stream. He could tell him something special. He went up, traced it back to its source, and he found the gates into Ganeden. So he, so he pounded on the gates of Ganeden and said, "Let me in." That's a sure way to get in. So they said to him, so they said to him, This is the gate to Hashem, only Tzadikim only will come to it. He said, but, but I'm a kosher person. So they gave him an eyeball. They gave him an eyeball? Eyeball. An eyeball. And he took his eyeball, he brought it back to his camp, and he noticed a very interesting 
feature of the eyeball that any if you put it on a scale on one side you put the eyeball and on the other side no matter how much gold and silver you put on the eyeball would outweigh the gold and silver natural consequence of getting an eyeball what the natural consequence of getting an eyeball you stick it on a scale and then start yeah. weighing it against gold and silver what, what else do you do what else do you do <laughs> Well, meaning Wally held that it wasn't heavy, as soon as you put it on the scale, it was heavy? Um, I don't know, it doesn't say, but, uh, but, that's what it so, so he came, so he brought it back to the sages, to call the, the Jewish Torah scholars, and he asked them, he said, what is the, uh, how, do, what is the meaning of this? So they said to him, if you take some earth, some soil, and you sprinkle it on the eyeball, then it'll lose this uh, weight thing, and it'll be a normal, it'll, it, the, the, the silver on either side will, will balance out with it. So he tried, he sprinkled some dirt on it, and it um, got balanced by the by the silver on the other side. That's the Gemara. It makes sense? Yep. Oh yeah, total. Okay. So, so the morale says that number one again we did see that the concept that so what's going on? Alexander is a person. He's conquered the known world. Is that enough for him? No. No. Uh, he has a hundred trillion dollars. Oh, but I have to go over the mountains of darkness. See, he'll conquer that area over there also. What's over there? I don't know. But I have to. Why are you going? Because I because I need it. Yeah, means no matter what you have, but there's always more somewhere. There's always something else out there. Yeah? What's the... There was nothing to gain. There was nothing to win in that situation already. Any situation where there was what to win, he already won. Every battle, every country. The only place left was a place that whether he wins or loses, he loses. It's, 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 a, it's a... You try to get something that, that cannot possibly have any value for you. Yeah. And that's what they said to him. What, what you must be, you must have some sort of needs. You, you must have a need. If a person needs to eat gold, then potentially he has to always be on the road because gold is very rare to find. So if, if, you, if you eat bread that's made out of gold, so then you can't just stay in your own local country. You can't just like build up your country, make it good for your people, you know, build nice, nice uh, roads and and uh, you know, be, be a good uh, king because you're starving, you need, you need more gold, right? This reminds me of, I don't know, of, of the city of gold, the Aztec or whatever, so there's, there's a city of gold. There is a city of gold? Especially, like rumors and stuff, so there's oh. cartoons, I don't know, of Scrooge McDuck going to the city of gold, the city sings in the ground, and he just wants to stay there for the gold. Number one is the city of gold, so you can't bring it with you. The only value is you're going, you're chasing money to the point where money isn't, money 
money is it to get stuff, it's just for the money itself. So then thinking what the city of gold is the smart solution, is the kind of normal solution. From there, he went to the other side of the world, just like the city of gold. And they, and meaning he doesn't need food, he's just going to sink the city. He's not there, it's not a chase for Right, right. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not going to ever get anything out of it. Right, right. Good. With the touching everything to turn to gold, right? Yeah. Including his daughter. Okay. Um, so, so now, what's his? So, Aaron pointed out what? Uh, what? He, what did you think? He, th- he thought like if he bangs hard enough on the on the gates of Ganadin, they let him in because like uh, either he, he's knocked down the gates. I mean, they're pretty probably pretty strong gates, right? Mm-hmm. So the answer is no. no. Is, is he's saying, I'm a melech over the whole world. Now, being king over the whole world, that is something that is given by God. You don't just become, you know, king over the whole world. It was a, always an accident. Like, it, it, you know, Hashem wasn't paying attention. In the meantime, this guy went and became king over the whole world, right? So he's saying, clearly, I am the chosen one of God. Maybe the coin dot is also very important, right? Uh, but but certainly I'm very important, right? Clue. Um, so that's why I deserve to come in. So so now we learned before we said there's a big difference about your wealth, about your strength, right? Even about your wisdom. That there's a difference if you if it's given by Hashem or not. If it's given by Hashem, it's one of the gifts that gives you all the chemda in the world. Right? On the other hand, if it's if it's something that does not that does not uh, given by Hashem, then not only not only is uh, is it not going to give you such incredible thing, but on the contrary, you're going to lose everything from it. Yeah. Indeed, which we see with Alexander, that what happened. At the age of, what is it? 30. After having, literally right after, he conquered the whole world, he kept on going. By the way, this analogy might, historically, Alexander potentially destroyed his like whole empire by trying to conquer India. There's, there's, it would work with his, with his Indian conquest. He crossed the Alps, during which he killed like half of his army, the dark mountains of darkness potentially, that's just my own connection, mm-hmm. right? And you know, India was this endless land that like you can't possibly hold on to, it's way too far away. And uh, and he just kind of was just conquering for the sake of conquering and eventually you just had to like turn back and you got nothing. You got nothing from there. You got... If he played risk, there was no Right. It's when you go too far with two little soldiers. Oh. Lose the game. Oh. <laughs> okay, there you are. That's all things. So that's, but they didn't, he didn't have that, you know, right. that uh, event. Antiochus was his. Yeah, the, his the three, his, his empire fell apart into three, into three uh, divisions. Antiochus much later. Much later. No, not Antiochus. No, okay. but. Uh, Somebody comes from him. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. Uh, so. So you see this this concept that that if you have these things, but it's not from Hashem, it is it, really a downfall. And the and the concept is, mm-hmm. so how can I tell? 
we, to, we, we discussed this before. How can you tell if a person's wealth is from Hashem? How can you tell if a person's, um, you know, blessed by Hashem in wealth, or or he's just, or it's separate, it's not from Hashem, and it's going to be lead to his destruction? So we said, make the big difference is, are you perfectly content with where you are? Okay, so if Hashem sends you more, so, so then it means you're supposed to take on this new responsibility. You get a promotion, so to speak, from Hashem. So then you take the promotion, right? And the whole time you're not taking for yourself, you're happy anyway. So if Hashem gives you this, okay, so it means I'm entrusted now with more responsibility towards, towards uh, other people, right? Whereas Alexander was not satisfied. He kept wanting more and more and more. That's a clear sign of that, that, that his wealth, his power, is not from Hashem. And so, so how does that? So what? So, the, so his he's coming to Ganeid and he's saying, "But I'm the king over the world." And they're saying to the back to him, "Yes, you are, but you're not doing it as the chosen one of Hashem. You, you're not. You, you're not." Uh, you're not a, a true melech like Shlomo was, right? You have one of the, you have these gifts, but not from Hashem, from the wrong direction, from the other the the Sitra Akra. Yeah. yeah. So, and how do they demonstrate this to him by giving him an eyeball, which means you have an endless satiation that's why you cannot come into Gan Eden the, the endless satiation is a clear proof not endless satiation uh, uh, well, endless hunger uh, not satiated yeah? it is, is, is a clear proof that you are not close to Hashem that you don't have a feeling of, of, of being whole of being in a state of of, of uh, tranquility and and, and, and he stopped this, being satisfied with what you have. So, so, so what is Alexander doing? No, look, I'll put this eyeball on one side, and I'll pile enough gold, enough silver, where it's going to be enough. It's not it's not unsatiated. But no matter how much gold and silver he piled on, it was never enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until, until what? Until he until he put a little bit of of dirt on it. Now a little bit of, a little bit of earth, a little, a little bit of uh, dust. He sprinkled on. Now what what dust does? It does dirt, whatever. Offer. Yeah. Um, soil. What that does is it's something that, w- that is used to cover things up, which is the opposite of the eye. The eye is the whole point of the eye is that it sees, right? So it sees it sees things that are revealed. Mm-hmm. A person is totally involved in the revealed world. If a person is completely involved in the revealed world, then no matter how much, it's still more that could be had, because it's all a shell, it's all empty. All the money he has, all the houses, all the boats, all the all the cars. It's all, it's all empty. There's more and more. But if you have a shaykhaz, you have a connection to the internal world, to internality, to you know, where things are concealed and modest, 
there's, there's modesty where modesty is that you cover up the externality and there's an internal world inside that is rich where, where and then there's no need to get more and more and more closing one's eyes yeah it's what it's what's used to cover things when the person passes away you cover him with earth when when uh, when when you checked an animal and its blood needs to be covered it's covered with earth the from the four elements of the world earth water air and fire so earth is the one that's the earth one is the one that's covered by the water covered by the air covered by the fire is the most is the most covered up it, it represents being concealed right you hide something in you know in, in the ground right on, under under the ground it's also yeah. humility too humility I mean, absolutely that's right 100 percent humility you know recognition of one's the fact that you're gonna you know like the mission Perkyava says that uh, your end is gonna be in you know inside the inside the offer right? learning on Shabbos afternoon um, so that is so the, uh, a person becomes an internal person and you you turn inside and you say what is it that I need I need to be able to connect to meaning to connect to purpose right then 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 all of a sudden you realize well I have everything I need now all of a sudden the scale finds balance oh look the silver that I had was actually enough to balance out the eye the eye just needed some some, some offer on it uh, to give it a little bit of panemius to give it some internality to give it uh, a limitation on this endless hunger for more money Internality is his motive, like thinking about what we have, contemplating that, or just being uh, even a why, be, being being see Hashem inside things. You know, she Hashem like you tell me. anything that you have, any situation. Why do I have this? What am I supposed to do with this? How am I going to serve Hashem with this? Then, then you know, once you give it the parameters of, like we said again, many times. Asaph says, Yeshli Rav, I have lots. Yaakov says, Yeshli Kol, I have everything. Everything means I have a parameter. And once it's filled, that's it. And it's definitionally filled. Whatever I have, that's what I need. So I'm full. I have, it, I have everything. So the trip of falling from the trap of the eye to not use the eye in its fullest in its fullest sense only externality if all you look at constantly is inter- externality then you can never then you can never get satisfied the thing we're doing usually if you're chasing and you're just seeing a hundred thousand and a thousand dollars then your eye just but if you see but if you see Hashem wants me to serve him in this way then there's no need to chase the next thing or even instead of looking at the hundred Thousand dollars, you could just be uh, look, look inside of what, like what you need, so that you can be like uh, or, or, or what you have. Instead of meaning, look away from money towards 
just existing or whatever. You could do that, but but I'm saying, but but it's fine to bring the money. The money is what Hashem gives us to use. So as long as you understand that this was given to me to use, then that's perfectly fine. But then you could be you could be a tranquility with that, and you could be happy with that. Okay. There's a small organ of man that when it's fed, it starves, right? When it's, uh, or when it's starved, it's what, saved. Both, both. Right? When, when it's fed, it gets hungrier, right. and when it's starved, it's, it's satiated. Right. When that's, that's, you say, that's, uh, some say it's the Itzahara, others say it's uh, a very particular aspect of the Itzahara, but you're saying it's also for this. Here, it's not so much about it. You could have a person who's very hungry for money, even if he doesn't have any, you have a person who has more and more money and he's not hungry for it. Here's the point is, do you view it as external or internal? Do you view it as from Hashem or disconnected from Hashem? If it's disconnected from Hashem, it's never going to be enough. If it's connected to Hashem, then it's always enough. That's why, like, Shabbos and Yantif are so important as well. The, the typical other person is constantly on the run for more, more, more. Saying Shabbos so, specifically. To, yeah, to, it makes them stop. And, and that go, is a okay, perfect transition to the next Gemara. Literally. Perfect transition. Why? Because look at this. The Gemara in Gitten, Daflam and Chazam base says, there are three reasons why wealthy people lose their money. Okay? One, by setting free their uh, indentured servants. Two, by inspecting their properties on Shabbos. On Shabbos, going around, checking out their you know, the fences to their fields and maybe, you know, Lishnan Shabbos Garet, I see there's a house for sale over here, you know, Lishnan Shabbos Garet, how much is it going for, you, you, yeah. know, you know the joke, right? Yeah. You guys know the joke? No? My family loves telling this joke. Two guys, Shabbos morning, bump into shul, one of them says to the other one, Lishnan Shabbos Garet, but I'm selling my car. Nishnah's <laughs> Garet means in, in Yiddish means not to talk about it on Shabbos. But I'm selling my car. Anyway. <laughs> so the guy says, so the guy, the guy says back to him, Nishnah well, Shabbos Garet, I'm actually looking to buy a car. <laughs> So so then he sees him at Mincha, he says, Listen, I've been thinking about it, Nisha Shabbos Gerat, but how much are you selling it for? Nisha Shabbos Gerat, I already sold it. Chas v'shalom, Yisrael. Chas v'shalom. But he didn't make a Kenyan, so that he never got a driver. And there for stocks for for what? For big need for and what? Just to get a deal? A job is not. No, for big, not a deal, but for for Tzarkado. Al Cholamoyed, maybe. To buy to buy property there to soil. 
Oh, uh, right, you should write the show. You could do, tell the, right. you could tell the guy, um, you're right. judging to write it down. Yeah, so, right. okay, that's, that's, uh, that's good. So, Miss, okay. Anyway. But a car in so, <laughs> so, the point is, the point is that the guy is spending his Shabbos involved in his money. Okay? I know. But just, my point is transitioning over to what you said about about people spending. You're supposed to take a break from uh, from your financial pursuits on Shabbos. If a person doesn't, and he continues um, managing his business, supervising even in a kosher way, he doesn't do any malachas, kosher, quote unquote, right? But he's involved in that on Shabbos. He loses his money, and finally, if you make big meals on Shabbos. That stretch into the time when people are supposed to be learning. So, for example, here in Terrace Ami, around 2 o'clock p.m., Shabbos afternoon, learning starts. If you're having your meal going until 4 p.m., people can't get out, can't, can't leave your table, you're bringing the seventh course, right? With the. Uh, Short ribs, little tiny, whatever things, right? What? Yeah, this is not this. This is the other guy. This is not the deal guy. This is the guy that, that's spending six hours at a suda, right? And and is preventing not only himself but other people from learning. What are they doing at the suda are they learning? Eating. Just, just eating. In silence, and not looking at <laughs> They may be schmoozing. They may you know, even be conversing in Torah-related topics. It's not the same as learning. I, I, always, I always tell the guys, you, like, uh, speaking in learning is not the same as learning. What if people are sharing the rates for Nice. You have to do you should do that during the meal. Your meal should not be going past two PM. Okay. So what? Two two thirty Bushasat Kak, you know, if if uh, but anyway, so the so these are the three reasons, okay? Now, what's what is the reason for these three? Why these three specifically? And Whenever the Gibor specifies three, it means these three and nothing else. I mean, everything else will somehow or another be included in these three. These are somehow make up the loss. Like, if people lose their wealth, it's somehow or another going to fall into one of these three categories. Otherwise, we wouldn't say three. We just say through this, through this, or through that. We say three, we're telling you three to the exclusion of a fourth. Right, when it says the number, when it's saying a number. So That's right. Mishnah is all over Shas, right? Aisha Nikhil is Bishawish Drochim, Arbabas Nazikin. Every time the Gemara is Medayek, oh, this much and not which one you have, what you're coming to exclude. Which, not other options. Okay, so. So what are these three? So first of all, so setting yourself, setting, setting your slave free. I always want to go, setting your slaves free. So slaves is the way back then that that was people's wealth. That's how you had, again, we said that that's your, your 
workforce, right? So, in other words, if you yourself are being wasteful with your wealth, I mean, you're you get you carrying your bag with your wealth and you like have a big tear in it and coins are falling out as you're walking right so then you clearly are not interested in your wealth if you if you're doing things to damage to damage your wealth I just guard to damaging your wealth right then 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 she was oh so you're not interested in having your wealth okay no problem so I'll take it away from you that's one doing looking after your affairs on Shabbos monitoring your fields your properties etc on Shabbos is that your wealth is causing you to be ruining your relationship to the physical world Shabbos is a day when you're supposed to be able to take in and elevate your physicality and you know appreciate what Hashem gives you right wear nice clothes, eat good food, be grateful to Hashem for all of it, for the creation of the world, right? And instead, we're walking around worrying about making more money. So the money is, is, is doing the opposite of what it's meant to accomplish. So if that's the case, then the, 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 the person will lose his money. And finally, is the... Yeah. Um, is the sorry? Apologies. Apologies. Do we get Shabbos? You're working on Shabbos. You're looking at business dealings on Shabbos. So think. So, in other words, when you make that money, the money is ill earned. Yeah. It, 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 it's through the profanation of Shabbos that the person is making his money. So then that money can't stay. And then finally, the bitl of Torah, that's the one where it's tachmus. The money is ultimately meant to help a person, facilitate a person to be able to be involved in spirituality, namely Torah. I mean, to go and learn Torah, to pursue a closeness to Hashem. So if in this case, your money is, means that you have a seven-course meal, and because of that, you're not only preventing yourself, but you're preventing other people from learning Torah, then that money is doing the opposite of what it's meant to accomplish. Instead of supporting Torah, that money is a detriment to Torah, so you're going to lose that money. Now, how do these three come together? It says the morale incredible. It says... All things have where it comes from, what it is, and where it's going. Three parts, like a person, right? Is the past, the present, and the future, right? Yep. So, where it comes from is if the money is is ill-earned gains, means you got it through getting your money through bad, through through being mechal Shabbos, then that money can't stay. That's where it comes from. Next, if the money itself, you're not interested in the money, you're taking the money, you're throwing it out, you're freeing your slaves. So it means, it means so inside the money itself, you're not meant to have it. First of all, is where the money came from. Now is the, is, is 
the money itself you, 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 you're not meant to have because you clearly not interested in the money and then finally what the money is going to lead to instead of leading to supporting Torah giving miser to Torah yourself learning Torah because you have money right instead of that uh, it's it's causing that there should be a bittle Torah so then as far as what the, the result the, the end the end of where this money is going to lead to it's also inappropriate so any any reason why a person will lose money is going to be for one of those three reasons. Either the money came to him somehow badly, maybe he was dishonest, maybe he stole, maybe he cheated, whatever it is, came to him badly, or he's he's not relating to his money well. He he, he doesn't uh, uh, take care of the money, or that what he's doing with the money is bad. Instead of good, is misusing the money. So any one of those three things, that's why people lose money. That's why rich people, I mean, that's why rich people lose their wealth. Okay. Questions? So like the the three amidas that we found in Shabbos, they, the Vilna Gaon says the Pares. The first one is about Shabbos, that was Shabbos Parishis, yeah. and then... Tour, so. Uh, uh, the tour, okay. And then uh, the one at Shachar is... Matan Torah, Shabbos Matan Torah. Matan Torah, and then the last of them. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of threes. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and Shabbos. Past, like present, future. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Can I just have, uh, I think it's the same question I've asked in the last year. Being stopping and at the same time, pursuits. It feels like there's like a natural contradiction. I don't. I don't know if that's true. I mean, part of a part of a any business model is um, looking for new opportunities and, and 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 happy to take them but look at what we see with Alexander it's when it's when a person can't say no to to an opportunity right you you can't pass right if you're if you're perfectly happy you're happy where you are you're looking you're looking to grow your business it's a part of the business is, is to grow Right, but but growing exactly natural growth, healthy natural growth. Where you see the opportunity, the opportunity makes sense with your business model. It makes sense with you know with what with what you're trying to count. It makes sense that you're going to be successful. Then it's good. But Alexander is saying we're going to go, we're going to go over the climb mountains of darkness. There's going to be there something there. We got it. We need more. We need more. Right? It's like the. Um, in, uh, just, just um, there was a there's a famous cases with um, when the CEO of Chrysler was like super successful. I forgot his name. Like Lee Iacotta, right? He's super successful, and then he was like, "We're gonna go. We're gonna buy like a." some sports car, Italian sports car thing, and we're gonna, 
and he like it didn't make any sense. Like, what's the shaykh as Chrysler is going to become like a luxury? This he burned through two hundred billion dollars, like almost drove the company into the ground, right? Like, but the point is because he wanted like the crown of the crown. So when you that's called overreach. Means if the, the reason why people overreach is because they are not happy where they are. But if you if you, if you're happy where you are, then every opportunity comes look to you. You ask, is this for me or is this not for me? It may, you know what? It's a great opportunity for someone else. This is not for me. It doesn't look like this is for me. It doesn't match my my um, my talents, my my particular uh, abilities, right? Um, it wouldn't be good for my lifestyle. So I'm gonna pass. It may, maybe it's a very good opportunity. But it's, it's, it's not for me. The person has to be able to say that. Calmly, right? If a person can't say, but what do you mean? But, but look how much money there is to make over there, right? Then, then uh, that's... Uh, so that, then uh, you're overreaching. That's uh, back to the uh, risk board game that uh, Israel so kindly... Uh, what? In trading, there is something called where there's a, there's a natural meaning, there's the, what the market could offer. So meaning, if I trade the market, I'll make 10% a year. But then there's companies that are like, we cut corners here, we can make 30%. We'll take these risks. It's overreaching. So if you get a really high return from a fund, it means they're just cutting, they're taking on extra risk. They're overreaching. And then when they fall, they're going to fall hard. Right. And then also, a trader could, so meaning, they know they're overreaching. They're just ignoring risks. But a trader could think he's invincible and lose all of his precautions. When he made his first 10 million, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was doing all the, all the rules. But then he, he's like, I could just, any trade I take is going to be a winner. So he goes, I'm going to take over there. He doesn't even calculate the soldiers and losing the risk game. He just, meaning in the risk game, it's hilarious. He was that thing. In the risk game, it's funny because you know, this is the Matthias of the game. But once you're Valgaivin in the real world, you never lose. Meaning the risk, one soldier against 20 on a risk board is stupid. But in the real world, for him, it's like, I'll never lose. Well, so like, say, like, look at Alexander, right? When Alexa Alexander, with his, with his army, he literally, he was like going, knocking down the country after country. Like literally just like, boom. It's like dominoes. They were just falling in front of him. Right? So he can never lose. He can never lose, right? So, but the point is, so to be able to take a step, if, if you're happy where you are, if in risk, the point is to conquer the whole world, right? In that game. That's a bad game. That's not a correct game. There's no such rule that you need to conquer the whole world. There's no such rule at all. In fact, the rule for you might be to just be somewhere, like to be parked, like exactly where you are. The beginning you know. of the game, you're just like, I'm happy with what I have. Right, right. Just, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> that could very well be the rule. Or, or, or natural growth is you, you shouldn't overreach in, in the game and try to take over the whole Africa. Right. Yeah. That's a strategy. That's why, that's why, right. That's why, uh, right. All these board games that really pollute people's minds, Monopoly, all these games. Like that. Well, hopefully we'll be Zoha to a good Jewish board game soon.
Yeah, but when uh, you were describing, it's kind of akin to gambling. I want to say, we have two minutes and I have one more source. Let's, let's, let's finish it and then, then if we have any time left, we'll just... Uh, okay, so just one more source and this is important to keep in mind. Very important to keep in mind. And that is, the Gemara says, that a person should be prepared to do the most embarrassing, stinky, disgusting work out there in the world of skinning a stinky, putrid animal hide in the middle of the marketplace rather than ask for charity. Which means this is the counterbalance against everything else. Of course, we've been saying, what's the big deal to you, this, that, you just be happy with what you have. But, on the other hand, it's extremely important to recognize that Parnasa is Hashem sending you life. And a person wants to be receiving life directly from Hashem and not to be siphoning off from other people, not to be reliant upon other people, not to have to ask them for hand me outs. Hand out. Hand out. So we, we, we spoke about it. That's the this, this, Maral puts this in. Okay? So this is the. So, wealth is an important thing. Having ability to support yourself independently is very important. It's one of the one of the brachas in the Shmonesra. Okay? Um, so we should all be zocha to live with Osher, and Bezal uh, will bring us. Ashir's an olive, happiness, right? Osher, uh, an ayin means wealth, Osher an olive means happiness. The one is the physical, the other one is the emotional or the spiritual. Bezashem, Bezocha, life of wealth and happiness. Right. Right.